Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Report with Brad Biggs. Biggs time. Biggs. His name is Brad Biggs. Brad Biggs talks football with you. <laughs> Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Dan Weederer in for Molly today. David Haw here until 10 o'clock. Talking Bears in time now to go out to our score guest hotline presented by Signature Bank. Our score hotline, Signature Bank. Making commercial banking personal. That's where we find the football man from the Chicago Tribune, Brad Biggs. Morning, Brad. Morning, boys. What's going on? All right, Brad. So just you, me, and Dan. We're sitting in the press box <laughs> at uh, Soldier Field, just shooting the breeze. And you know, it's like, uh, hey, what's the deal with this Kevin Warren story? What do you think? If we're just talking amongst friends, what do you think about this Kevin Warren story? I don't know. Uh, you know, I think one of the big uh, questions to begin with is, will the structure that George McCaskey established this past year remain in place? They sort of redrew the uh, hierarchy, the, you know, who reports to who, and the general manager uh, reports directly to George McCaskey right now. Ryan Poles goes straight to George. Previously, um, that was under the purview of the team president, Ted Phillips. Uh, if the if the new president, Kevin Warren, or whoever it could be, uh, comes in and there is a similar uh, setup for the operation, if the belief is that the team president's probably going to be uh, pretty busy trying to uh, <clears throat> get a new stadium built to fix the problematic stadium that the team opened less than 20 years ago, uh, maybe they keep that uh, order in place. And in that situation, you've got a team president. They've got a lot to do, a lot of important stuff. I'm not sure they'll have a lot to do with the stuff that um, actually happens on the football field. Brad, you've been around this organization for two-plus decades now. What is the importance of this hire, and what do the Bears need to prioritize in, in, in trying to find somebody that makes it work? Well, I think it's important to, to find uh, you know, someone that's going to be a good leader for the building and um, you know, someone who's going to be able to identify uh, people that can come in and, and help the organization grow in a ton of areas. But um, you know, I, I, I just uh, – I don't know that Ted Phillips leaving and 
pick your new person, Kevin Warren, whoever it is coming in is going to have a um, a noticeable effect on anything that happens on the field, especially um, they've got new people in place and they've got a new reporting structure. Um, so, I mean, it's a, it's a big deal, but does, you know, does the team president uh, really have a lot to do with what happens? I, I guess, you know, to a degree. Yes. Um, I hope we'll not. I, I, Brad, I hope not. Right. You don't want your team president having yeah, input right. on football decisions at all. Probably not. Probably, but but you want whoever is picking the person making football decisions to do a pretty good job of uh, evaluating talent evaluators, right? Yeah, yes. and and that's and yes. that's where the Bears have that's where the Bear, Bears have failed time and time again. Correct. Time and again, it's a, it's a tradition as as old as a T formation. Absolutely true. Here's a question I have, and I think we all have the same thing. We're kind of talking around it a little bit. Kevin Warren makes some makes a lot of money, and it's north of five million dollars as we have been talking about. And I don't know what Matt Eberflus makes. I think we can speculate. But my question would be this: If you had to t- tell me what would it take to get Kevin Warren to become president of the Bears because he's qualified for the job, probably the most qualified guy they're going to interview. Are the Bears willing, knowing what you know about the franchise, Brad, you've been around that team longer than both of us, all three of us. Would the Bears pay the team president more than they pay their head football coach? Well, I think Matt Eber, if I had to guess, Matt Eberflus is making more than $5 million right now. But um, would, the, would the Chicago Bears pay the team president anywhere close to what the head coach is getting? I, I don't. I would think not. That would be my guess, especially especially a new guy coming in, right? You know, Ted Phillips has been there uh, forever. Um, yeah, I, like, does Kevin Warren desperately want to leave the Big Ten? Uh, does the is, is it a situation where maybe um, he he doesn't see a long future for him at the Big Ten? I I have no idea, but um, I'd be a little surprised. If um, if the Bears' job was was it was it five million dollars, and it's an important job, they will pay a lot of money, but that that's a ton of money. All right, Brad. So we're headed to Detroit this weekend, New Year's gathering, Ford Field press box. We spent a lot of the holidays there together. Obviously, there's football to be played and football to be covered. Justin Fields has been the story of the season, without question. I'm curious in these last two weeks of the season what you want to assess from Justin and, and where it leaves you feeling about where he's headed at the end of what has been obviously a promising year. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's anything in specific that that I'm looking for, or, you know, will two games out of seven in a 17 game season really kind of reshape what what your thoughts are for this year i it'll influence it no doubt i mean listen this is a terrible detroit lions defense right yes they're they're just god awful and um so i'm interested in seeing what the bears knowing that they need to make some major improvements this offseason if if they can you know, go in there and put some points up. And believe it or not, the 
the Bears ran all over Detroit back in that November 13th meeting at Soldier Field, guys, 258 yards rushing for the Bears. And the, the Lions were actually better uh, moving forward. They, uh, they held, shoot, four out of five opponents under 100 yards rushing until that yeah. uh, Christmas Eve disaster in Carolina where the Panthers put up a franchise record 320 on the ground. So they should be able to run the ball, especially with looks like Tevin Jenkins is going to be back. Cody Whitehair is going to be back. But this is a team that can't stop the pass either. I mean, they cannot stop uh, teams from throwing the football. The Lions have had one game this year where they haven't allowed a passing touchdown. They've, um, you know, they just get torched in the secondary. They need a lot of help there. So I think in general, you're looking for the offense to go to Detroit and put put some points up, get get moving again because they haven't been the Bears haven't consistently been scoring points for a month or a little bit more now. Brad, back to the owner or team president issue for a moment and Kevin Warren's inclusion in that. Respectfully speaking, when you look at the realities of the Bears organization right now, Virginia McCaskey turns 100 next week. She's 100 years old. And at some point in time, the conversations with potential presidents has to go into, go in the direction of, okay, the succession plan, the, the rumors about the team being sold, all of the things that are impossible maybe to answer right now and uncomfortable to address but need to be addressed and, 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 and covered. So in that context, when you look at a guy like Kevin Warren, who would be an outsider to the McCaskey family, there are some people on the list who are not outsiders. Would that affect, or I guess, how do you anticipate that factoring into the overall process and maybe the final decision? Well, certainly that would, I, I would think, be a factor for anyone considering the job is how long do I think the people um, employing me are going to be employing me, right? Right. If the team is sold, you would think in a lot of cases, not all, in a lot of cases, a, a new ownership group would want new upper upper management that, that that doesn't always happen but it can uh so i think uh, anyone considering the job would want uh some answers and you know george has been pretty steadfast that uh they plan to keep uh, the franchise within the family we'll have to see moving forward but no question that would be something that it, okay we've gone through the interview uh, I like what I've heard. We want to get serious about talking about this. Okay, what what does nineteen twenty football drive look like five years from now, ten years from now? What's your involvement? How, how will the ownership hierarchy uh, evolve? Brad, this is a broad question, but it's a, a topic that we've obviously discussed together in the press room in press boxes all year. There's an understandable excitement in this city about what the bears can accomplish in the off season of 2023 because of their uh, free agency flexibility, because of their, their draft position on the draft board with people you talked to around the league with experience that you have covering the league, what is a realistic off season for this team? How does that come together in those two avenues of, of rebuilding your roster? Like what, what can this team accomplish in, in those two phases? 
Well, I think what you're most excited about is basically a full complement of draft picks for for Ryan Pulse. So he's talked uh, about being draft-driven, which is not um, a novel concept, which uh, you pretty much hear from everyone but Les Snead with the Los Angeles Rams, and, and he's wearing a Super Bowl ring right now, so his way worked too. But he's, he's talked about being calculated in free agency. So I don't think my my – Intuition is that free agency is not going to bring the number of um, you know shiny toys and objects that some imagine. I think they will be busy in free agency. I think they'll look at a lot of possibilities. I think they want to remain very nimble. I think sometimes you can see quality players cut loose later on down the road. So guys that aren't going to be there when the new league year starts, but are cast off by other teams at different uh, points. The draft class is, is going to be really interesting. What what you really can't forecast, Dan, is, geez, could they go out and get an impact player via trade? And, and when would that trade happen? You know, is that, hey, some guy uh, – for instance, a wide receiver forces his way out of some other team where he's unhappy in, I, I don't Vegas? know, June or July, oh, right? You know, oh, it, oh, yeah. yeah, June or July. Okay, they were talking yeah, about uh, so, number seventeen. No, it just you, you just don't know. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna trade their first round pick this year for any kind of player. They're gonna use that um, to to draft a super impact player at the top of the draft, or they'll consider trading down. The trade down thing is, I think, what most people are fascinated with, and it's it's a great talker, right? It it generates all kinds of opinions and ideas, and the and the possibilities are limitless, right? I'm generally speaking, I would side toward, boy, if you've got a top two or three pick, go get yourself a game wrecker, like get yourself that elite impact player where when you turn in the card with his name on it, you've got a great feeling that he's going to come in and be an elite player for you. You trade down, um, and the, the lower you go, the less certain that pro- your, your feeling, your instinct is going to be when you turn in the card with the, the player's name on it. So they need to get difference makers, the best shot at a difference maker, would be as high as they can be uh, in the round. And then, you know, you worry about filling in your other holes. You, you work on that as you go. But um, I, I kind of like the idea of getting that elite guy instead of, hey, look, oh, they turned one, picks, uh, one pick into three or one pick into four. I, you, yeah, you've got more ammunition then. Um, but – you, do you have that guy that tilts the field for you on Sunday? On the topic of difference makers, I know you know this from Twitter, and David and I talked about this yesterday, but the, the passing offense is going to take a huge step forward in 2023 with Justin throwing to Mooney, Claypool, T. Higgins, and Devontae Adams, correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because 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 Cincinnati's going to abandon all pursuit of a Super Bowl championship and they'll just 
they'll say, well, we'll 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 get something for T. Higgins now while we can, and Deva- and Devontae alongside him. Well, hey, let's not shut that door yet before it opens, <laughs> Brad. So all things point to this being just one of the more pivotal off seasons in recent memory because of everything that is possible with the roster and reshaping that because of the direction of the franchise in heading potentially to Arlington Heights officially, and also what's going on at the top with Ted Phillips being replaced as team president. Uh, my, my question isn't necessarily why the job might be appealing to somebody, because there's an enormous challenge and, and a great legacy opportunity for whoever takes that job. But I guess my question would be, what are you hearing as far as possible reasons why Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, who has been successful in less than three years on the job, who has brought in USC and UCLA, who has signed a $7 billion contract, done a lot of things, and now has two teams in the college football playoff. There's money to be made. Why in the world would Kevin Warren want to leave that to take over a job as complex as the team president for the Chicago Bears is? Well, perhaps he you know, prefers the idea of being back in the NFL, where he spent a great deal of his career, perhaps um, the Big Ten doesn't want to keep him, which I he's, it would seem like he's made them a ton of money, right, the schools. So uh, you'd, you'd wonder about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the possibilities are kind of endless as to why he would want to go for it. But I would lean toward here's a guy who spent a lot of time in the NFL, um, and maybe that's sort of more his uh, – you know, comfort zone. I mentioned Chase Claypool a minute ago. Uh, we saw him back on the practice field on Thursday. This is a guy that the Bears have given up a high second-round pick at this moment. It's the 33rd pick in April's draft. What are you most curious to see from Chase Claypool with whatever glimpses we get of him, whether that's Sunday, whether that's Week 18, whether that's not till spring? And, and, and what are you most concerned with, given the, the price they paid to add him to this, to this offense? Well, I think your concern is you've got a team that's going to end up with just a couple wins this year, three, four, whatever it is. And your concern is, did did they really pay a high price for a rental, right? Because that's what Claypool is. Like they, when they got him on board, they, they've got him under contract for a year and a half. I don't know that he's done anything that um, he's going to want to go to the negotiating table this offseason to say, hey, let's talk about a contract to be a bear. Like, nothing's happened there that would, right. you know. So I, that's that's concerning, right? That Did did Ryan, uh, did Ryan Poles kind of, um, you know, act out of desperation or get a little too aggressive in pursuing a guy to come in and help his quarterback because – when the Pittsburgh Steelers traded Chase Claypool, he was tied for second on the team in receptions. The Steelers were 24th in the league in passing at the time. You look at the where they are right now, the Steelers are 24th in the league in passing. They've started winning games, though. Um, the Bears, of course, were 32nd when they got Chase Claypool in terms of uh, passing statistics, and they remain 32nd. So... The Steelers haven't changed in terms of throwing the football and they've started winning games. The Bears haven't won a game and, and their passing offense remains in all mess. All right, Brad, 60 seconds. Who are you picking on Sunday and what will be the score? Yeah, I 
I think the Bears have got a chance here to spring the upset, especially if Claypool and Equinemius St. Brown come back and Fields has got some more targets uh, to work with on the outside. For the Bears to have to have a, to have a chance, Justin's going to have to make some big plays in the passing game, and he's going to have to really hurt uh, Detroit running the ball like he did the first time. Like I, I would think this would have to be a 100-yard game for Justin as a runner you know, key third downs, flipping the field, uh, those types of things. Uh, but the Lions have got a, a terrific offensive line. They've they've got it cooking right now with Jared Goff, especially uh, when they're able to play at home on the turf. Um, and so I think I think that is why, you know, that O-line and, and you look at what Detroit's doing offensively, um, that's why I go with the Lions, but both these teams are terrible on defense, and I think it could be an exciting shootout. So I pick Lions, thirty-four, uh, thirty-one. Wow, that'd be a fun game to cover on New Year's Day. I'm sure you're looking forward to it. Yes, it will be exciting. We and I will be there. It will be fun to cover for those who uh, go to cover the games. <laughs> Great stuff. I'll see you there, Brad. Dan, we'll see you there. We'll talk to you on Monday. Looking forward to your coverage and thanks for your time. Have a great weekend. Happy new year, everyone. Same to you. Brad Biggs, football guy from the Chicago Tribune, picking a 34 to 31 barn burn at uh, Ford field. I think we all have points being scored. I think yeah. there's all, all of us have the expectation for an offensive smorgasbord. What's, of, the, what's the over under in this one? I, I have to look check that on that yeah. one. Yeah. I would think uh, people would lean toward the over. These yeah. are two bad defenses too. Oh yeah. Real bad. The offense is yeah, capable, but the defenses are probably closer to being near the bottom of the league, so you expect points to come in droves. So I would think, I said 31-28, and you... I had, said 30-24. Yeah, so that's a lot of points, and Biggs is even going higher than that. All right, when we come back, I want to talk about this Kevin Warren thing in more detail because there's some information that uh, is worth sharing about why he may be interested and what he might be in for if he is indeed one of the front runners or a candidate for the Bears team president job as ESPN reported on Thursday. Dan Reeder in for Mully. It's Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Why? Why? If you why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. 
the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Melina Hall. I mean, I just have to tell you guys, man, I, I just love this show, man. I just enjoy you guys so much. On 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Dan Weeder in for Mully today. We're talking Bears. We're talking Kevin Warren. Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, ESPN's Pete Thamel, reported on Thursday afternoon that Kevin Warren had interviewed twice for the Bears team president job at House Hall, I believe, that he mentioned that. And a couple of the other stories that came subsequent to that reported that he was at a game um, – Involving the Bears. And the Vikings. And the Vikings in Minnesota, I believe. And so there's a lot of dots to to connect, and certainly it's fun to consider Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, when they canceled football in 2020, and it came back because of a player revolt led by Justin Fields (laughs) and Justin Fields' family, 300,000 signatures that uh, fall in in a 36-day period. So that would be fun to consider. Kevin Warren being the team president of a franchise whose franchise quarterback is Justin Fields. Also, he was Chris Zorch's agent. Did you see that at one point in time? I did not realize that. Dan Pompey reported that in The Athletic, I believe, that Kevin Warren represented Chris Zorch back in the day. Got a legal background, obviously. So he has a lot to like um, in terms of credentials. A couple things are also worth pointing out. Number one, I asked Biggsy this question, Dan. Why would Kevin Warren want to leave the job as a commissioner of the Big Ten, a job that pays him north of $5 million a year, as according to information we both have received, and USA Today reported two years that he made $4 million in 2020, so it stands to reason he would make more than that now. And also a job he just got there, essentially, and able to work day-to-day in, in the office or, or normal business practices post-pandemic hasn't been that long. He took the job three years ago in a couple weeks. It'll be his three-year anniversary of being officially on the job. And in poking around and talking to some people, and I talked to two executives yesterday in, in college sports who would be in a position to know a lot of these things and also be in a position in an industry to find out these things right. because this is a question that is not just being asked on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. It's a national story. It is a national story. Kevin Warren, I think it's fair to say, hasn't always been the most popular executive in college sports. He certainly hasn't been the most popular commissioner of the Big Ten. Coaches didn't like the way that he arrived because this was his first season. He was canceling football. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) Well, don't take away our sport. Complicated times, right? Absolutely. And and this is not a, a, you know, a a commentary on, on the pandemic, but I think that it just underscores or explains why he was up against it from day one, Mm -hmm. from season one. Coaches were threatened by him taking away their sport and delaying it to the spring. And all that said, also, I think that there was a suggestion that Kevin Warren came to the Big Ten. The perception is that he's using it as a stepping stone. And it's no secret in league circles that he would like to be commissioner one day. Or at least has expressed that ambition to enough people to where it's resonated and it's, it has yeah. followed him to whatever job he holds. Yeah. 
Fair enough. No question. Like I said earlier that you and I have both received that buzz from different circles, right? And so when that's in, in multiple circles, there's probably a little something to that. I do think Kevin's ties with the NFL 20 years uh, with the Vikings and Lions and Rams, uh, you know, provide a pull and, and, and almost a gravitational pull of, of something that may interest him in getting back into the world that he knows best. We also talked about the idea that in the role as a commissioner of a huge and expanding conference with a lot of demands and a lot of things going on for you, you have to answer to a lot of different people, a lot of different athletic directors, a lot of different coaches, a lot of different high-profile people that have needs and have have very uh, uh, demanding ways of, of trying you to get their needs met. Various constituencies. They all have different demands. It's a very political job in many ways. The more you expand that, the more people that you have to respond to and, and meet. And obviously, I, USC I think he's probably and pretty UCLA. good at that. Yeah, I think he's probably pretty good at that based on people who have worked with him because he doesn't operate like somebody who – worries or prioritizes being popular right he prioritizes being productive and being effective and i think guys who were like that frankly my opinion would be good and ideal for the chicago bears so i had a conversation thursday afternoon with someone who said that kevin would absolutely shock hellas hall and that that means it would be a shock to a lot of people's system at how demanding he would be, at how ambitious he would be, Mm -hmm. at how demanding he would be to have his ambitions met. And I think you and I agree that that is uh, a prescription for what ails the Bears, that there has been a complacency inside that organization for far too long, that there has been a, a, a acceptance of, oh, well, didn't get it done this year, maybe next year we'll get it. And one of the the lines on the Kevin Warren scouting report is that he's not okay with things being just okay. Right. And that organization needs to understand that just okay isn't okay and that you are a charter franchise in the NFL and you're in a cutthroat billion-dollar industry that requires you to be at your best every single day of the calendar year to even open up the window to be a perennial Super Bowl contender. And so if you have somebody that comes in with those eyes and that lens and is willing to shake things up and say, listen, we're not going to accept the status quo. We are going to push for more. We are going to strive for more. You're going to have people fall by the wayside without question, but ultimately you are probably going to be in a situation where you elevate a standard, which I think has been the demand of Bears fans for 20 years now. Raise the bar here. Yes, Raise because the what, has, what, what the last 25 years have represented in many ways is this sort of cronyism. And Ted Phillips has been a friend of the family and survived through periods that you would not expect sports executives to survive and the standard hasn't been as high from the outside at least the perception is and I think the reality has been when you look at their results on the field they they haven't they haven't aspired to be good enough and they haven't had the the standards high enough and so somebody from the outside coming in would be a shock to anyone's system the Bears organization being polite has many idiosyncrasies, and you know, that's one way to put it. Has dysfunctional behavior would be another. Somewhere in between is the truth, yeah. but there's a problem. There are problems that are systemic, and there's a guy from the outside who could be coming in like Kevin Warren 
who would be ideal to fix it. That would be to and me. And that's across all departments, right? Like that, that's oh, the yeah. football side. That's the business side. It's the stadium it's development side. Business. It's the sales yeah. and marketing. It, it, it's, you know, and that's, I think, what, what people need to understand about the significance of this role is it's, a, it's an overseer. And it's, it's somebody that, that comes in and, and tries to put the entire puzzle together in a way that it, it not only looks good, but produces results. And when you start produ- producing results across departments, all of a sudden you get the, the momentum generated. I know people think that this doesn't always apply to the football field, and I, and I understand that, and I agree with that to some extent. But as Bigsy said in the last segment, Ted Phillips has not only been in charge of picking the general manager who then becomes the architect and overseer of your football team. He's been in charge of performing the annual performance reviews. And there have been years where you say, it's like my mechanic coming to me and go going, how did I do this year? And me going, ah, it looks good to me. You did know, we I, get the brakes right? No. <laughs> did we get the carburetor right? No. But I, did we get the tires right? No. But you know what? I like the way it runs. Yeah, and I just don't know enough about cars to, to perform a, a, a comprehensive, sophisticated evaluation of the people working for me. So if you're able to get that solidified and sturdied, then all of a sudden it, it takes away blind spots. Uh, it creates, you know, steady processes. It, it, it creates things that, that then lead to results in a front office that then lead to results when you play games on Sundays, no Mondays, doubt. and Thursdays. The trickle down effect. Yeah. You, you set the standards high and you, you make sure that people know what is expected out of them and the expectations have have been raised that would be obvious if Kevin Warren were to co- were to come to the Bears I also think this he what you said earlier about him wanting to be in the NFL it's hard to quantify that it's hard to put a price on that even though we know that he would likely have to take a pay cut if he were to become team president sure. of the Bears but we also I also know from talking to people that it seems that is something he is pursued there's one suggestion out there from somebody who I trust that said that he had explored at least the possibility of getting involved in Denver as an executive with the Broncos are in the midst of a reshuffling, reshaping yeah. of their franchise. And Kevin Warren has had at least conversations with the Broncos. There's a perception with people that Kevin Warren serves in the Big Ten, athletic directors, university presidents, and football coaches, some people that I have spoken to, that Kevin Warren has had his eye on another job since the not long after he arrived in Rosemont to be the Big Ten commissioner. That may not be a fair perception, but it is the perception. I don't know what the reality is. I guess we'll find out. But we will continue to discuss the possibilities because the Bears team president is not a small job, and it is a gargantuan task and challenge ahead of whoever takes it. It raises a question of something I asked you earlier, that if you're George McCaskey or, to some extent, Ted Phillips or Tanisha Wade or somebody at Nolan Partners that's running this search for a team president, do you ask Kevin Warren, do you view this as a destination job? Is this the job that you want to hold in 10 to 15 years, or do you have bigger aspirations than this? And I think your thought process was, I don't know that the, the Bears are in, in position to ask that question because of their short-term, their short-term goals, right, and their short-term aspirations. And at this point, you're just looking to, to find somebody who checks those boxes. Fix us now. Worry about later, later. Okay. I, I think that's I'm, the position they're in. And I'm okay with that, I think, to some extent. Um it's been a long time. I, I mean, you go back through the track record, and and when Ted was elevated to president, president, and you see the results, they can't all be tied to him, obviously. But there's the the the, the thought process that it starts at the top, and and I believe since the tar- start of 2000, the Bears have had eight last place finishes in their division, and six playoff appearances. Like th- those numbers shouldn't be skewed like that. 
and, and you want to find somebody that can help you get them unskewed, so to speak. We will talk about Kevin Warren and the possibilities of him being the next team president with Jeff Jonick at the top of the hour. He is the voice of the Bears, after all. But next, it is 740, and it is Friday morning, and that means it is Joe Fortenbaugh time. When we come back, it's Mullen Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. Mullet and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Dan Weeder in for Mully today, and you know what that music means. That music means it must be around 740-ish on a Friday morning, and you know it's time to go out to Vegas for our guy. He is the king of the four-letter network. He is everywhere, TV, radio, wherever you want to find him, and he joins us on the Signature Bank Score Hotline. Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal. It's Joe Fortenbaugh. Good morning, Joe. Happy New Year. Gentlemen. Everybody in Chicago, Happy New Year. What a day today's going to be. Bowl game starting early today. Bowl game starting early tomorrow. The NFL, this is one of those days where my wife looks at me for help and she gets that real fake effort. Like you see it for teams that are down like 28 late in the fourth where at defensive end, no one's really paying attention. He barely rushes the passer and he's out there, but he's not doing anything. And then you catch it on tape later. That's me today. I won't be rushing the passer at all. Joe, have you had a nice holiday week, and do you get a holiday week because of all the things you just mentioned probably prevent you from ever kind of taking a deep breath and uh, kicking back because you're always watching for some reason? That's an excellent question. Uh, It has been a lovely week. Uh, My in-laws were victims of the Southwest situation, Uh so they were supposed to go home Monday. Uh, The Lord blessed us with the Southwest cancellation, so they got to stay with us another two days. It was wonderful. Um, You know, sometimes you just can't can't ask for better breaks than that in life sometimes. (laughs) And then on top of everything else, it seems like every time you try to take an off day, you still got a million things on the plate, but it's been nice. You know, it's been nice. You look around, you got to be fortunate. You got to have gratitude for things. I've been very lucky with the way things have gone for me. So we had a flag football practice yesterday for my kindergartner. We get the fire on games. It's been nice. It's been nice, and I'm sure you guys are doing well, too. And, uh, you know, it's always great to be on. I'm just, I'm, I'm fired up that even though it's the 30th and we're winding down here, we're still doing this segment, getting ready for all the action today and tomorrow. Joe, I always appreciate some some good fake effort, and I appreciate a commitment to fake effort. So, so way to go on that front. Uh, but before we get into what's going to be a really exciting stretch of college football here in the coming days, obviously we've got Week 17 in the NFL. I think the Monday Nighter, Bills Bengals, is 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 really intriguing to a lot of people in the division here. Vikings Packers is a game that has a has a line that 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 looks uh, interesting to to some folks. What what are your thoughts on the NFL here in Week 17? So to hit on those two specifically, here's what I'm thinking. Um, I talked to some guys in Vegas yesterday that have been doing this a long time. They're all lining up on Cincinnati plus the point. They think the wrong team is favored, essentially. Um, you know, the narrative that Buffalo has been struggling as of late. Here's, here's the hesitation I have with that, and I really like Cincinnati this year. Leo Collins, the starting offensive tackle for the Bengals, tore his ACL last week. He's out for the season. This is already an offensive line that struggles in pass protection. They've given up 42 sacks this season. That's eighth most in the NFL. Now you're taking a major component away from that and adding that problem. Buffalo can generate pressure with their front four. They've got a strong defense. Cincinnati's pass defense is average. All I'm doing for that game right now is advising caution. I know the Bengals look appealing as a one-point home dog. Maybe they do pull it out. 
Buffalo hasn't been overly impressive, but they are winning week after week. So I kind of lean to the Bills there. In the other game, I played the Packers. You can, you can avoid the three and a half and just lay the three with some juice in this situation, which is what I would do. Minnesota hasn't been outside in six weeks. The last outdoor game they played was week 10 at Buffalo. And we all know the narrative about the, the Vikings. Like, I could tell you, hey, if I told you the Vikings are 7-2 and two over their last nine, how would you feel about that? You'd say, wow, that's great, 7-2 and two over the last nine. What if I phrased it like this? Hey, Minnesota's been outscored by 16 points over their last nine games. Wow. What would you think about that? You'd look at the team differently. Green Bay's playing well, good balance between the run pass. I would lean to the Packers in that matchup. Favorite plays of the week as we rip through them, I'll play Carolina plus three over Tampa Bay. I think once again, and we've talked about this for weeks on this show, I think once again the Bucks are overrated simply because they have a guy – named Tom Brady a quarterback. They almost blew it against Arizona last week. Like, this is not a good football team. Carolina is playing well. You know you're going to get a good effort from Carolina. You know you're going to get a physical effort. They're going to try to pop you in the mouth. Give me the three points. Pittsburgh plus two and a half over Baltimore. Pittsburgh's been really good at the end of the season like usual. Four and one straight up. Four and one against the spread over the last five, allowing just 15 points per game during that stretch. Baltimore's offense is terrible to watch. I know that has to do with the Lamar Jackson injury, but this is the world we live in. I like the Steelers there. Dolphins, Patriots under 41 total points. I don't see a whole lot happening in this game. I'm, I'm surprised it's north of 40. Uh, you got Teddy Bridgewater stepping in for Tua. Cold weather on the road. Four-game losing streak against the Patriots defense. That's top five in scoring and opponent yards for play. Patriots don't play fast on offense. They they top 30 points one time this season. Like, what's the ceiling for New England's offense? 15 games. They've gotten to 30 points one time. So I'd play that. And then I'd lay the one and a half with the Jets at Seattle. Uh, well, we've had a pretty good read on Seattle this season. They surprised everyone early. They were 6-3 and three straight up and against the spread over their first nine. Everyone jumped on the train. Bad. Bad timing because the next six, they went 1-5, and five, and they're 0-6 against the number. So I'll play the Jets there. So to recap, Panthers plus three, Steelers plus two and a half, under 41 in Dolphins, Patriots, minus one and a half in the Jets. And if we're going to talk Bears, i got to be honest with you, you know, they open as a five-point dog. It goes up to six. Total goes from 51 to 52. I am inclined to bet the over here because we know Chicago's defense has struggled this season, but they can score some points. I would not play the Lions. I would not play the Lions in this spot. There's a lot of points to lay. I know they have a lot going on, but you guys got a certain guy playing quarterback who's capable of hanging a big number if he gets a little help around him. Laying six with Detroit, I, I shudder to think right now. I shudder to think. That's why the over seems like the safer bet in that game because of the defenses are so bad on both sides, Joe. I think you're probably right on with that one. Okay, college football. This is the marquee weekend for college football. A lot of opportunities tomorrow. What do you like and what don't you like? I mean, God, how great have Bears overs been? I know we, I don't think we got one last week, but these, you, David, you and I were talking about this on Twitter. Like, the Bears became such a watchable team this yep. year. Like, we were talking, they said so, I mean, once they get healthy, the future's so bright, but such a watchable team. All right, college football, let's start with today. I know you Chicago degenerates are going to want some early action. So let's go small early. Let's play NC State over Maryland. Pros are lining up on the Wolfpack there. They've moved the number a little bit. Price is still relatively good. It was Pickham. Now it's one. I think that's the first game out of the shoot today, but don't go big on that one. Last game of the day, I'm going to play Tennessee over Clemson. You can get them plus six. I don't have a whole lot of faith in Clemson. I'm going to be completely honest. Um, they were on the cusp of a playoff spot. They blew it late. They stumbled down the stretch. 
They weren't all that good to begin with. And I think people have checked out on Tennessee because of the Hendon Hooker injury. Don't. They haven't played in a meaningful bowl game in years. This is actually something I think they're very excited about. You're going to get a good effort from them today. So the two games today, we're not going nuts on either. NC State minus one early, Tennessee plus six later. Uh, the pros have steamed UCLA all the way from five and a half up to eight. So if you have an interest there, you're not getting the best of the number. But the pros did jump on UCLA over Pitt earlier. Now, as we look to tomorrow, if you can get Alabama minus six and a half, do it. I, I don't understand what's happening here. Bryce Young says he's playing. Will Anderson says he's playing. This is going to be a motivated Alabama team. The reason you would bet against Bama is because they would not be motivated for this game, because they're not in the playoff, and because their stars are opting out. Their stars are not opting out. Clearly there is motivation. This is going to get the seven. It's probably going to go through it. Beat the move. Play Alabama. Two semifinal games. I'm going to make a small wager on TCU. It's sitting around eight right now you can find. A small wager, because if they get beat up, if a Big 12 team shows up in the playoff and gets beat up, it's not going to surprise us. But I think the extra help or the extra rest helps them more than anybody else. They had a bye week on September 17th. They had to play 11 straight games to close the season. Every one of them was a roller coaster ride. I think mental health, physical health, great month for them. I, I expect them to show up. I'll take the eight. And then I'm laying the six and a half with Georgia. I know this was seven. It moved to six and a half. And there's this thought process that Ohio State's being undervalued. I do not think Ohio State is good. I thought they were going to be really good before the season started. I have completely changed my opinion. They only played three games that matter. The schedule is a joke. They played three games that matter. Notre Dame at the beginning of the season, they did not look impressive. Penn State, when they were on the road, they needed a huge fourth quarter to come back and win that game. They were getting beat up for the first three quarters. And then the Michigan game when they got rolled. I have absolutely no faith in them. I think Georgia's going to push them around the field. Of everything I mentioned, I love the, the Patriot Dolphin under. I really like the Steelers this week. I like the Jets, all that stuff I really like. This is probably my favorite bet. I'll be big on Georgia. I am not falling for this trap that Ohio State somehow is going to learn their lesson from the Michigan game and show up for this. If you couldn't show up for Michigan and you were at home and you had that game circled, how are you going to show up for this game on the road against a much better opponent? Laying it with Georgia. Love it, Joe. Great stuff. Terrific advice. Have a great New Year's Eve and holiday weekend. We appreciate all that you do for us and all that you have done in 2022. Have a great 2023. Looking forward to next week. My pleasure as always, fellas. Happy New Year to everybody out there. Love you, Chicago. Go Bears. Thanks, Joe. Joe Fortenbaugh advising the over yet again, Bears-Lions, among other uh, good advice that he has each and every week. And he is, brings it and he has done a terrific job out in Vegas for the four-letter network. He's everywhere, and he you hear you hear why. Not many people bring it the way that Joe Fortenbaugh <laughs> brings it on a regular basis. High energy. High energy, and we have more of that. Another high energy guy, Jeff Joniak, voice of the Bears, coming up next. It's Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theatre in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheatre.com.